Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Very nice. Give it up for this crew. Come on. Montrose Church, how are you? You guys doing okay? Feeling good? Doing all right? Did you know I was preaching this morning? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you can be praying for Pastor Dave. He's uh, doing a little trip to Dallas and then Nashville, and so um, praying for them. And I'm here, and I'm excited to be preaching the third message in our series, Invitation to Reality. Invitation to I guess I got to stay over here. Okay. Okay. Um, invitation to reality. So the title of this morning's message is Kingdom Reconciliation. You can... <laughs> Gabby's in the back like, Colton, we've got to keep you under control today. We're going to keep you right here. <laughs> um, kingdom Reconciliation. And when I hear the word reconciliation, I immediately, um, I immediately think of my twin brother and how we used to fight when we were little kids. Uh, does anybody have kids that fight, or maybe you fought with your siblings when you were a little kid. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. For Dylan and I, it would always escalate out of a competitive moment. It would always escalate out of a ping pong match, or we're out on the driveway playing basketball, and somebody would win, and somebody would lose, and then we would fight. And um, he might be watching, and he knows this too, but so we would fight, and, and I'd get bloody noses, and one time we put a hole in my parents' basement, and it was just craziness, right? Um, and we didn't fight all the time, but because we were, you know, twins and you kind of have that built-in friend, you're having a great time a lot of the time, but there is that fighting, you know, it happens. And my mom, like all parents, when their kids are fighting, would yell at us. She would yell at us to stop, and I'll never forget what she would tell us. Uh, kind of towards the end of our fighting, she would always tell us the same thing. She said, that's your brother. Love your brother. And then she'd go to the other boy. That's your brother. Love your brother. Right? Stop fighting with your brother. And so we would kind of, we would make up, we would reconcile. And I'll never forget that. That's your brother. Love your brother. So we're after reconciliation this morning. And I'm going to give a little context for where we're at. Uh, Craig did a masterful job two weeks ago talking about how um, for the book of Philemon, which is what we're in for this series, Colossians really starts it off. It gives us the foundation for what Paul is getting at. And the heart of Paul's message is found in Colossians 3, 9 through 11. It says this, Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So Paul is saying, no longer do those things that used to divide us, divide us anymore. And, and Craig, and, and then Pastor Dave last week did a masterful job talking about how this comment, specifically from Paul, no longer slave or free, carried so much weight. It was a big deal. Uh, so Paul attaches with Colossians, right? Onesimus brings the letter to the church of Colossae, but then he also has this letter from Paul to Philemon specific practical letter to Philemon, a businessman who owns slaves, at least one. And this slave has run away, right? 
Um, so here's the text for this morning, Philemon 12 through 18. Philemon 12 through 18. And if you haven't read Philemon, uh, it, it's a, I mean, it's just one page here in the Bible, right? Really short. So I would encourage you to do that this week, but it's going to be up on the screen here. Philemon 12 through 18. I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you, right? Paul talking about Onesimus, um, sending him back to Philemon. I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me, charge it to me. So we're going to begin this morning with the problem. The first point, the problem. And my preaching professor in college would always talk about how, what's the problem within the text? There's always a problem with what's going on in Scripture, right? And it connects to our human problem, our problems today. What's the problem? And if you've been with us, you know that the problem is this fractured relationship between Philemon and Onesimus, right? Philemon and his runaway Slave. And scripture kind of tells us in some way Onesimus has wronged Philemon. We're not exactly sure how or how big, um, but he either stole something or he cheated him or something happened. So there's this fracture in relationship. And we know Philemon being a man of status, he could have Onesimus when he returns punished or even killed to send a message, right? So there's this need for reconciliation in this relationship. It's a big deal. And reconciliation church is what we're after this morning. In our world, we need reconciliation. You agree with that? We do. We're in need of reconciliation. We have a broken world. And if you're like me, you're kind of actually sick of hearing how broken our world is. You're like, I know it's broken. I know it's divisive, right? When I get on Twitter, it's just terrible. I'm like, why do I have a Twitter? If you don't have a Twitter, good job. But so, that's just all of social media, though, all, all, all of it, right? Divisive, broken. Um, it's crazy. And the quick question for us this morning is, does this uh, divisive, broken, fractured culture that we sometimes participate with, does it please God? And the answer is quickly, of course, no, it doesn't please God. It doesn't. God is a God of reconciliation, love, peace. And Paul shows us his radical reconciliation ideas in this letter to Philemon. In our world, we have racism, dehumanization, broken relationships, broken marriages, broken families, family members who won't speak to each other over various things. Maybe it's the pandemic, whatever it is. Problems everywhere. Problems everywhere, church. And if it's not an upfront brokenness kind of relationship, it's many times an attitude. It's an attitude toward the other people that we come into contact with. We turn on the news or read social media and we hear something and ah, I can't believe they would do this. I can't believe they would think like that. We immediately cast people aside. It's this attitude of exceptionalism, right? A little bit of arrogance, thinking we have cornered the market on truth. 
And hear me, church, this attitude keeps us from this invitation of reconciliation with all people that God wants for us. It keeps us from that. And this whole letter from Paul to Philemon is radical. Sometimes I don't think we understand the weight of it. And Craig talked about a couple weeks ago how, how slavery is all they know at the time. And I think Pastor Dave touched on this last week. One in five people during this time in the Roman Empire were slaves. So it was so common. Reconciliation is not normal in our world. We attack, we cancel, we demonize, we have this attitude of exceptionalism, and we write people off. And I hope this takes place a little bit less in the church, right? I hope it does. I think it might. But when we're not careful, we fall into the same trap. So where do you find yourself this morning, church? The problem. Maybe you have a fractured relationship that needs mending. You need reconciliation. Maybe we have an attitude that Christ needs to come in and make new this morning. We need Jesus to check our hearts this morning and ask, is there any way, any capacity, in what form do we need reconciliation? Because that's what we're invited to this morning. Point number two, the invitation. The invitation. I think mail isn't as cool as it once was. Mail. And the older people in the room can help me with this. Um, but there was a time where you couldn't just text or call somebody all over the U.S., right, and see how they're doing. Yeah. Um, so you'd get a letter. You'd get a letter, and you'd see how they're doing, and you were excited to open up and see, see what's going on, right? Now you can just jump on Facebook or social media or whatever and see how everybody's doing, give them a text. And I don't know if, know if you're like me, but now I open my mailbox, and I'm like, what is this? Mail. I don't need any of this. It's like credit card companies are like ads for Carl's Jr. I'm like, I'm going to go to Carl's Jr. anyways. You guys don't need to send me anything. You know? um, but my favorite thing to get in the mail is an invitation. It's an invitation, right? To, and Shaylee and I are in the season of our life where we get a lot of invitations to weddings. It's really fun. And, and we see like the picture of the couple. And we can't always make it to the wedding, but it's fun to be invited, right? And see that kind of what's going on. You can imagine when Philemon is, he is handed this letter from Paul, his brother in Christ. He's ecstatic. He's like, oh my goodness, it's Paul. Right? Paul is legendary. He started all these churches. He led me to Christ. This is a big deal. And so he starts to read it. And then he's probably quite shocked, right? even angry. Take Onesimus back as a dear brother, not as a slave. He's like, What? And the craziest part about this is that Onesimus actually handed him the letter. And he might even be standing in the room like, hey, don't kill me. Like, right? Imagine that. Paul invites Philemon to see that the way of the world and the empire is not the way of the kingdom of God. As we talked about, Philemon could have him punished or killed. But Paul says, I'm sending him back. Verse 16, no longer as a slave, better than a slave as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Paul invites him to reconciliation, a new kingdom reality. He invites him to put on a lens to see this man, not as a slave who has wronged him, but as a brother, as a brother. In church, every week we gather here communally. You know this. Sundays we're here. Um, and maybe you're online as well. We gather as a community to worship, to meet with Jesus, to open scripture and fellowship. 
But the hope is that every single week we get a little bit clearer picture of who Jesus is. Every single week we get a little bit clearer picture of who Jesus is. And not only that, but also who he has called us to be in the world. Every week, that's my prayer. That's, and I know that's Pastor Dave's prayer as well. Every week we would get a better lens to see God and what he would have us do with this life that he has given us. We need the right lens, and Paul is inviting Philemon. He says, I know, he's basically saying this, I know all you know is slavery. I know it's all you know, but that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. We're about something different. We're about reconciliation. So I know Onesimus has wronged you, but take him back as a dear brother. Friends, we continually have that same invitation from Christ to step into reconciliation with all kinds of people our close friends, our friends that we don't like as much, our people that we struggle with, right? We all struggle with people. We're invited to still enter into reconciliation and be ambassadors of reconciliation. Bob Goff says this. If you know me, I always try to sneak Bob Goff into a sermon, so he's really good. He says this. The way we treat the people we disagree with the most is a report card on our faith. One more time for the people in the back. The way we treat the people we disagree with the most is a report card on our faith. So you can reflect on that. Where are we at? Right? We're invited to this new lens to see all people with value, dignity, and worth. Even the people we struggle with. Even the enemy. And, and what's interesting about this letter is it immediately puts Philemon in this situation where he has to make a decision. Right? He has to act. Onesimus is right there, maybe even in the room. Right? He has to make a decision on whether is he going to take him back, like Paul says, or is he going to punish him? Is he going to kill him? What's he going to do? But he has to do something. And church, we're invited to do something this morning, to move in reconciliation. This is not the kind of sermon where you leave this place and you say, oh, that was a good sermon by the young guy. Uh, that was a good idea, reconciliation. That's not what this sermon is. This sermon is you walk out of this place, you maybe pick up the phone or text somebody and say, hey, I love you, and we're struggling, and we need to get through some things. And we make those hard steps to reconcile with each other. Every situation is different, but we're invited to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Number three, the cost. The cost. There's a cost in this story. If Philemon accepts this invitation of reconciliation that Paul has offered him, there's a cost. And uh, I think Pastor Dave touched on this last week. Onesimus being Philemon's slave, like equivalent to kind of our finances today, it would have been somewhere between $125,000 to $200,000, right? It's a lot of money. And, and, and so what's he going to do? It would have made his life easier. Uh, and maybe he even needs to send a message, right, to other slaves. So it's going to cost him. And church, reconciliation for us always costs us. It does. Not necessarily financially, but it costs us our pride. It costs us thinking we're right. We have to have a level of humility to enter into reconciliation. We do. And, and, and I'm saying this on Sunday because you know there's a lot of football today. Many times we're like that strong defense on the football field that won't give up an inch or yard. Nope. I'm not, not, I'm not giving up that. But that's not what this invitation is about. 
It's going to cost us something, but we have to find humility and enter into reconciliation. Another thing that uh, this reconciliation invitation is going to cost is time. It takes time. It does. It takes time to hear somebody else's perspective or, or enter into that tough conversation. It takes time. And many times, church, we don't have time for it. We don't have time. You know the culture, too, in, in our world, and this is us a lot of times, too, is we, it's so much quicker to just label cast aside. Oh, they're, they're over there. Nope. No time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that, right? Um, and here's another thing, church, I'm convinced of, is that reconciliation is not just an act, but a journey. And it starts with an act, right? You have to, you know, take one step, absolutely, but it's a continual journey throughout life to join God in reconciliation. To continue to ask the Holy Spirit to soften our hearts. How do we get the right lens and then how do we take that step in reconciliation towards someone else? It's a journey. And many times we don't have time for the journey. Sometimes we don't have time for it. There is a cost to be agents of reconciliation. But Paul invites Philemon, despite the cost, to make the decision to be reconciled with Onesimus. Reconciliation is always worth it. It's always worth it. And the reality is, and in, in the, the situation in that room, right, with Onesimus and Philemon, his decision, what Philemon was going to choose, would change everything for that once slave. It would change everything for him. And the reality is, church, is that reconciliation, when we choose to engage in that, no matter how hard or difficult, it's going to change things. It's going to change things for our heart. It's going to change things for the people that you're encountering, right, and you're trying to be reconciled with. It's going to change things. Maybe it's small and big ways, but reconciliation is always worth it. The why. The why. Have you heard this phrase, what's your why? What's your why? It's kind of like a motivational little thing. Sometimes you'll see little videos on social media about, like, like some really buff dude, like, yelling, what's your why? What's your why? Why are you going to wake up at 4 a.m. and go run 20 miles? Right? Why are you going to do 500 burpees? Whatever it is, you know, I don't even know. It's crazy. Um, and it, it makes me laugh. And it's kind of true, though. It's a good thing. What is your why? Why are you doing it? What's, what's, what's behind this? And it helps us commit, you know? It helps us commit. Um, when, when, we, when we read Philemon, we can ask this question. Why? Why, Paul? Why has God placed this on your heart? What's the why behind this idea of reconciliation? Because we know it's going to cost something. It's going to hurt, so why? And the first reason for why is God's plan is always reconciliation. He's in the business of restoration and reconciliation. He is. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-21 says this. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself to give, to gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that's our why. God's plan is always reconciliation. Because of Christ, we have been reconciled with God. That's the other piece. 
is God's plan is reconciliation, but we have also been reconciled with God. We didn't deserve it, church. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. But God is rich in mercy, and he wanted his creation back. He wanted his people back. And so he broke down every boundary, every wall, to make sure his love was there. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, church, nothing. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so we have been made ambassadors of reconciliation because of Jesus. What's interesting about the book of Philemon is it's, it's Paul's shortest letter that he writes, which is kind of interesting, but it's also the only letter that he writes that doesn't specifically talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, and scholars kind of think the reason behind that is that Paul is embodying the cross in this letter. He's embodying it. He has made himself the place through which Onesimus and Philemon are reconciled to God and to each other. So we kind of see this throughout, but Paul even says at the end in verse 18, whatever he owes you, charge it to me, charge it to me. Paul is acting out the story of the gospel, and we are invited to do the same, church, we are. We're invited to do the same. So we have to put on our new kingdom lens, the invitation to put on the right lens, but not only that, but the invitation to move, to do something, to pick up the phone to write the text, to see all people as our brothers and sisters. Philemon is inviting Paul, or excuse me, Paul is inviting Philemon to this radical thing, to not see Onesimus as a slave, but as a dear brother. In church, we're called to the same. Uh, just like my mom used to say, right? That's your brother. Love your brother. That's your brother, Colt. Love your brother. And I feel like God is telling us all that this morning, church. Hey, that's your brother. Love your brother. Hey, that's your sister. Love your sister. Love them. And the world will take notice of the radical reconciliation of God's people. Amen? And it will change things. All right, I want to invite the crew back up. The crew, buddy. They're probably still sipping coffee or something. You know I like to keep it short and sweet. Let's recap. The problem, the problem, right? Uh, the invitation that Paul is giving Philemon and also us this morning. The cost, there is a cost. And the why. The why is God, his plan, reconciliation with his people. And with us, right? We weren't worthy, but he reconciled us. So we have to be reflections in our world as agents of reconciliation, church. And I hope you're challenged by that a little bit. I was thinking on the way over here, I was, I, I started to get into running a little bit again. <laughs> I hate running. Who's with me? Noah. Um, I was running the other night a little bit, and I was thinking about this sermon, and I was kind of asking God, I feel like this is a good thing for people when they preach up here, is like, God, search me and how I need to enter into reconciliation, right? Because I want to be doing it if I'm up here speaking about it, right? And it was, it was, it was cool. I, there was a few things that came to my mind, and I started to move on. But, it, but if you're honest this morning, I, I just want you to be open and say, God, search me, right? It's like the psalmist prayer, search me, God. 
Is there any way, is there anything that I need that's keeping me from reconciliation? What is it? Can you take it away? Can we move past? Who is that person? Maybe somebody's on your brain, right? But the challenge is to join God in his amazing reconciliation of the world, guys. That's the challenge. Let me pray for us and we'll get out of here. God, thanks for this morning. Thanks for your amazing love and grace for your people. And God, thanks for the cross and this amazing reconciliation that we didn't deserve, but you wanted your people back. So God, now can we join you in being agents of reconciliation? Whatever that looks like for the people that are in this room, that are watching online, whatever that looks like, in small and big ways, can we be agents of reconciliation in this world? And God, we're not going to do it alone because your Holy Spirit is with us, empowering us to be that. We don't have to do it on our own. You're with us, encouraging us, empowering us, hopefully giving us confidence to take that step. It changed everything for Onesimus, God, and it could change everything for us and the people we come into contact with. It really can. We love you, Jesus, so much. Thank you for the service. In your precious name, amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.